You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, fellow factoid freaks and flap doodle fans. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 232. And of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your uh, platoon of pleasant people pleased to present plenty of pleasurable podcasting. (laughs) I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. We are coming to you from, well, me and Dana are coming (laughs) to you from the very glamorous business center calling room at the Aria Hotel in Las Vegas. Ooh. Yeah, we haven't recorded a podcast in the same room in a really long time. In, in years. years. All it took was BTS. <laughs> yes, the, the power of BTS. Yeah. And as, as committed as we are to BTS, we're also equally committed to a good job brain. And this is why mm-hmm. I brought my computer and our, our mic and setting this up at the business center that of course nobody's at right we're in las vegas what are you doing yeah we're like above the (laughs) casino floor in a tiny business suite so the only reason why dana's here is we thought she was going to be home she was going to fly out yesterday but her flight got canceled and so now we're here we also got to see bts for the second time (laughs) anyways the universe provided all right without further ado let's jump into our first general trivia segment Pop quiz, hotshot. So, I didn't bring bring a Trivial Pursuit card, so I looked one up on Google. <laughs> Not good. Um, and so I got a picture of a card here. Colin, once you were in Seattle and you re- we recorded a podcast episode, and you were good enough to bring your buzzer. <laughs> I took inspiration from that and I did not bring my buzzer, but <laughs> I recorded the sound of the buzzer onto ah, my phone. Yes. Dana, you can use my dog buzzer recording from oh, my phone. Thank you. And so here we go. Let's try this. Let's answer some questions. <laughs> First question Blue Edge for geography. What country is home to Heineken beer? <laughs> Oh, of course, Colin. I believe that's the Netherlands. It is the Netherlands. <laughs> All right, second question. How many seconds usually elapsed before the tape self-destructed on Mission Impossible? <laughs> oh. oh. What's everybody's guess? Oh, geez. 10. Five. Five. Five or six. It is five, five. seconds. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five seconds. Nice. I don't know if they do that in the movies. They don't have the tapes in the movies anymore, right? Not anymore. Only mm. on the show. Maybe in the first one. It's been so long since I saw yes. the first one. How many are there now? The tapes? None. They all self-destructed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, isn't so seven about to or isn't seven the next one due to come out? Seriously? We were into the teens by now, but no. <gasps> okay. So they're at <laughs> six now but seven and eight are scheduled to be re- released <laughs> in 2023 and 2024 seven oh, and gosh. eight all right next question what date in 44 bc was julius caesar assassinated <laughs> oh what i'm was... gonna call on dana because she she used yeah. the, my buzzer the recording app. Yeah. yes the app mm-hmm. was it oh god i always forget if it's the 13th or the 17th the 17th Incorrect. Chris, I believe it's Well, I mean, is it generally considered to be the the 15th? Yeah. 15th. The middle of the month. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But the real Ides is uh, the new moon. Right. All right. Next question. What heroic group did D'Artagnan lead? Ah. Colin. The Three Musketeers. Yes. Three Musketeers. Green Wedge for Science and Nature. What's the term for opposition to an electrical current in a conductor? Chris. Resistance. Correct. Resistance. Mm. Uh, Last question, Orange Wedge. What's the main vegetable in Vichyssoise? Oh, geez. Uh, Chris. Potato? Incorrect. That's I was I was gonna say potato. You say potato. I say potato, potato. is in it. Describe what vichyssoise is or what you think it is. Nobody said I would have to describe what vichyssoise. Oh. Is. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, no, I just thought it was a. I, I thought it was a primarily potato-based uh, soup. It is leeks. 
Oh, oh. they're more linked oh. to potato. Okay. Is Maybe that, potato is that by is flavor not or by volume? In this? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's a Leech. All right. Thank you, Trivial Pursuit card that I found on the internet. Nice. I was in a jam. <laughs> so a couple of episodes ago, I think in our Seeing Red episode, I, I talked about cherries. And something I omitted from that segment that I found was super interesting, that there is a not-so-glamorous job of cherry blowing. Of cherry? I'm sorry? Cherry okay. blowing. Okay. Well, because I talked about cherries. Go on. All right. Uh, so first of all, when people are growing cherries... One of the most kind of precarious moments is when they're about to ripe and it rains. And that mm. causes a huge problem for the cherry growers because the rain will kind of settle on the fruit, especially on the little divot, you know, with the stems come out. Mm. Cherries are super high in sugar content. Yeah. So they will split if there is extra moisture or they will mm -hmm. rot. Mm -hmm with mm. extra moisture so the cherry growers found a solution and this is they hire cherry blowers <laughs> and this has been in existence for decades now they hire pilots to fly planes oh. above cherry farms cherry or orchards will blow the water off the fruit uh, i think wow. i've seen this on tv before it's amazing. And it's like, and it's like, oh, I was, I was, I was researching about like, how do you become a cherry blower? <laughs> Usually there are pilots, right? Pilots have different jobs. They, they do different gigs and you have to be on call. Mm -hmm. You have to be close to the cherry farm. But then what if, what if it doesn't rain and you're not guaranteed a, a, a paycheck then? So what they do is cherry growers, they have like a retaining period. They're like, we need you to be available Oh. in the next three weeks and we're going to pay you a per diem okay <laughs> so even if you're not necessarily working and or blowing cherries we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna compensate you just to be available hmm. if rain doesn't happen at least they get paid for yeah. trying huh. and if rain does happen um then they would come and blow all the cherry cherries yeah when, um, you, when you when you first said it I, I was not picturing you know like a helicopter i was thinking you know like a guy with like a little straw or something right. like yeah, <laughs> yeah like, i was like they do that by mouth <laughs> yeah wow it must Somebody take forever each individual cherry yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a big boba straw <laughs> yeah right well but like cherry growers throughout the ages have done everything to try to solve this problem shaking mm. the tree big fans um, but it just had to be <laughs> that that balance of what's strong enough and what's not destructive right, uh, right. when we're dealing with wind. So yeah, cherry blowing's fascinating job. One of the topics that uh, Colin always wanted to do is around dirty jobs, about like yeah. unglamorous jobs. Yeah. But uh, that story and that topic kind of inspired me to just have an episode on things that are dirty. Could be dirty job. It could be... <laughs> different takes on the word yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this week brush that dirt off your shoulder so guys human existence is in many ways <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> deep a never-ending struggle against dirt in America and uh, in the world, I guess, actually, we found a way to turn that struggle into consumer products, never-ending supply of cleaning products, goods to clean everything from your house to your body uh, and everything in between. I have a grab bag quiz for you all here about cleaning products, famous ones. Uh, and we're going to, you know, maybe a little tricky here with some of these. Let's do this as a write-down quiz. Oh, I got these. Uh, I got these nice hotel pens. That wonderful, I can use. wonderful. Oh wow! I'm using my BTS pen. <laughs> excellent, now. excellent. Yeah, I don't want to privilege those of uh, those of us with buzzers. Oh, thank you. So uh, get your writing implements ready. This is gonna be a quiz uh, about uh, brands, logos, slogans, history. Uh, you you name it. A little bit of everything here. Uh, the the one common uniting theme is uh, cleaning products. Okay, here we go. Okay. First one. According to its manufacturer, 
among the ingredients in this cleaning product is Liquitint Sky Blue, a trademarked dye. The name, of course, trademarked. All right, when you're ready, answers up. Okay, I believe everyone has written the correct answer here. Windex, yeah! that's right. Yeah, nice. really just iconic color here. Uh, they were the ones I learned that that really pioneered blue equals glass cleaner. It was just, and yeah. everybody else on the market just kind of followed suit. Mm. Did I ever mention on the show, so I went to Iceland, I ate the fermented shark. Oh, right, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, the hot Carl. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, it tastes like eating a cube of concentrated Windex. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you know, famously, if you're not familiar with Windex, you're right. I mean, it, you know, it goes back to the 1930s. Um, and yeah, famously, a high ammonia percentage in the product. Oh. That was really kind of its active ingredient was, uh, yeah, I mean, as much as 5% ammonia at times. Um, so yeah, totally, totally understand why the fermented shark, uh, which is high in ammonia, also uh, gives you it's that. High in, it's high in... P acid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. whiff of whiff of Windex. Okay, uh, let's talk about Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean, the well-known, hardworking, <gasps> bald-headed mascot introduced by Procter and Gamble in 1958 for uh, what has become a true family of cleaning products. But we'll stick with color here. What color are Mr. Clean's eyebrows? Huh? What color? Are Mr. Clean's eyebrows doesn't have any hair on top of his head, but he's got got two (laughs) two good eyebrows there. Huh. Okay. Mr. Clean Uh, in Spain, known as Don Limpio. What does that mean? In 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 France, he is Monsieur Propre. Answers up when you're ready. I'm trying to just imagine him here. All right, Karen and Dana have said white. Chris has said blonde. Uh, Chris, I'm sorry. The correct oh. answer is white. Yes, Mr. Yeah. Clean's eyes. Okay. Uh, his eyes. His eyebrows are <laughs> white. White. He he looks like a like an adult, like a grown up Oompa Loompa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never I never really yeah, thought about it that way. Hair. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. In 1978, Bristol Myers introduced Body on Tap shampoo. Which was one third what? <laughs> Body on tap shampoo. And I, I have a, a fun commercial I will play for you here in a moment. <laughs> oh, thank you. All right. All right. One third. It's got to be this. You have all thankfully put the right answer. It is indeed beer. Body wow. on hey. tap shampoo. One third beer. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 it, it's, it just, it sounds so ridiculous, but it apparently is quite popular. They even uh, reintroduced this a few years ago. Uh, there was a commercial for body on tap shampoo I found with a young Kim Basinger, which uh, we can play here. Just one second. Uh, apparently they used a uh, beer they got from Budweiser, uh, corporation. They would, Oh, uh, it's a collab. Um, well, it, y- yes and no. I, it sounds like, uh, the bud was, they were happy to take Bristol Myers money, but they did not want to be involved in any of the marketing. <laughs> and then oh, they were like, no, you right, can't, right. yeah, you can't say proudly featuring. Yeah. And they had right. to, you know denature the beer so oh, it was, I was no gonna longer ask if you needed an id ticket yeah no in fact oh. they yeah they uh well here let, let me let me share this ad with you guys here they have some uh, helpful advice uh for you as a consumer mm, clean i mean really clean and it holds any set i want new beer enriched shampoo body on tap gives your hair super body super hold brewed with one-third real beer wow but don't drink it just shampoo whether i roll it Pin it, curl it, or blow it dry. It gives my hair super body, super hold. And the shine of your life. It's the beer shampoo that does it in three bodybuilding formulas. That's body. On tap. I, just, I don't get it. <laughs> I'm, listening to the ad. I'm just like, you're not even making the case for why the beer is <laughs> Yeah, why? What it's does just it like, do? It's shampoo, and it has beer in it. Wow, amazing. <laughs> yes. And she's all like, right. don't drink it. <laughs> Which I'm sure, I'm sure the lawyers were like, now, all right, got to make sure that she says don't drink it in there. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, see, it works. You can still blow dry your hair. <laughs> it yeah. works. Yeah. Like, it oh, didn't okay. fall out, and I smell like a brewery. It's, oh, well, <laughs> I, I love smelling like yeast. Yeah. yeah. 
it sold for a number of years. And then I, as I say, I read a few years ago, they brought it back. There was enough of a fan base or nostalgia, I guess, or maybe just curiosity. <laughs> okay. Question four, question four from 1970 to 1990 actor, Nancy Walker portrayed Rosie, a no nonsense, oh. New Jersey diner waitress pitching a product. Oh, with a very famous catchphrase, one of the best known in American consumer history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For one point each, oh, two, two, two points here. I want you to tell me what is the product, and what is the catchphrase slash slogan. Once again, Nancy Walker in her uh, famous portrayal on TV, anyway, of Rosie, a diner waitress. Numerous commercials over twenty years. Household name product what is the product what is the catchphrase chris nodding serenely i mean i have an answer that i think is really great (laughs) (laughs) so i'm kind of just guessing what would a diner waitress it must be like what kind of scenarios would a a diner waitress spills like Mm -hmm. laundry related cleaning the counter I mean, Karen, you just got to trust your instincts. Yeah, yeah. I think trust your instincts here, Karen. Yeah, like I have to think of now. I have to think of a tagline. So it has to be a product that has a tagline. (laughs) Oh, oh, I know. Oh my gosh. See, this is what like (laughs) time gives you. Um, um, uh... All right. Okay, Karen and Chris have written bounty, uh, bounty paper towels. The quicker picker upper. Dana has written palm olive. And like tough on grease. Oh, tough oh. on grease, easy oh. on hands or something. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, Chris and Karen have it correct. It is bounty, <laughs> bounty paper towels. Wow, yes! Karen reaching deep for that the one. Last minute. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and you know, uh, Nancy Walker, a, a, a long career on TV. She was on many, many TV shows. She was on Mary Tyler Moore show. One of her last roles was on golden girls toward the end of her life. So she was, she was the best thing in, in Hollywood. You're a working actor and you have like a long running commercial gig on the side. It's, mm. it's really pretty good. All right. Moving right along. Question five. In addition to numerous artworks featuring Campbell's soup cans, Andy Warhol famously produced a series of works featuring what household cleaning product? Oh, there are many of these. He made, he made quite a number of these. If you happen to have one, it is a very valuable thing. Mm. Well, sure. It's not a banana. Let me, let me just check. Do I have no. one? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, it's worth looking. No, I don't think I do. It's not a banana. Not Marilyn Monroe. Not Marilyn Monroe. This is a, kitchen usually cleaning item huh all right you're gonna need answers up here to take your best guess here yeah all right i don't know okay chris has written comet dana's written uh clorox bleach karen's written sponge Mm, i'm sorry i'm sorry i was looking for brillo brillo scrubbing pads oh come on yeah Uh, you needed to i needed the brand name that is the whole point of of the art and the is the they are yeah so he wanted you know very famously their reproduction like brillo crate boxes and he would sure all right no partial point i was I, no. I'm sorry, I cannot give you a partial wow, point there. Yeah, a Brillo so pad is not different. a sponge. A Brillo pad is it's like the the you know it's like steel wool it's basically with, with soap in there. Yeah, top part of a sponge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you know, you guys rise to the challenge here. I didn't, I didn't promise you easy ones, but uh, here we go. Question six. Question six. Introduced in 1891, this cleaning product is named not after its founder but after the animals that transported it. Oh, 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 we talked about this. Oh, no, wait. We may have talked about this on the show before. Yeah, how well does that memory serve you? 1891, (laughs) very, very popular product in America, perhaps less so now than it used to be. Answers when you're ready. Dana (laughs) improvising. Oh, Oh, you guys. Okay, now I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be generous here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a, a chance to clarify. I, I am, I am looking for the name of this product named after the animals that transported it. Oh, Chris, okay. Chris and Karen have written borax, which is the the generic uh, good being sold. But what is the name? What is the brand name? I should say borax, of course, not named after animals. 
This was transported out of Death Valley, California. Had to mm. get it all the way, all the way to the railroads. Ah, oh. <laughs> Karen. Karen has written simply "burrow," which mm. is which is you're getting on the right track. Chris has written "eleven mule team," and Chris, I I will give you eleven twentieths of a point because it is, is it, in fact twenty is mule it team. Twenty mule team. Is what I, was looking for. I don't know. I don't know how yes. many mules. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll see if that eleven twentieths of a point um, comes into play here yeah. at the end. Yeah. It really did. It really did take a team of twenty mules to haul the uh, raw borax. Francis Smith, the borax mm. king of California. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Where he had hauled it all the way out of Death Valley to get it into American homes so they could make slime. <laughs> yeah. Question seven, the logo for this brand that sells a variety of cleaning products is a reference to the Roman god Vulcan. And now I'll give you a little bit of a hint here. Now Vulcan, you might of course be thinking Vulcan is the god of fire. Now that's true. Vulcan also the god of fire, including metalworking. Yeah, blacksmithing. The forge. Mm -hmm. Oh, got it. I got this one. Yeah. I do not got this one. Let me see. You, you, uh, I can. I believe in you, Chris. I know. Oh, I know. I mean, I, yeah, I know. Uh, you have all written the correct answer. Arm mm-hmm. and Hammer. That's right. Mm-hmm. Arm and Hammer, the, the baking soda uh, empire. It was started by uh, Austin Church and John Dwight. They were brothers-in-law. And uh, after Austin Church uh, retired, they ca- they carried over the name from one of his son's businesses, which was Vulcan Spice Mills. And Vulcan Spice had the arm and the hammer. Uh, yeah, Vulcan oh. often shown with kind of the blacksmith hammer. Yeah, so they incorporated it into their sort of, you know, taking over their, their father's business. And yeah. I thought Army Hammer was part of the Armand Hammer family. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, there's a funny there's a funny story about that. So so Army Hammer is related to the very wealthy deceased uh, industrialist Armand Hammer. Armand Hammer owned many, many, many businesses over the years. And a lot of people, in fact, assumed that he had a connection to the Armand Hammer baking soda company. He did not, but he ended up buying the company because he thought it was essentially you know kind of just tickled him on some level but no his his name has has uh no connection to to the baking soda company they didn't name it for him yeah it did not but he did buy it because it's funny because it's really just as kind of a rich guy goof yeah Yeah, that's right Mm -hmm. all right we're getting toward the end of the quiz here getting a little tricky if you believed the ads in the uh 1970s ring around the collar was a uh ever-present threat to exasperated housewives and laundry doers. What detergent, what detergent was behind the ring around the collar campaign? Ring around the collar. Yeah, that was such a problem they really presented even. They really, yeah. Even up to the 90s, I remember. It's like, wow, this is, what a problem. It's like, is it? Yeah. (laughs) Can people just take showers more? (laughs) I know. I'm going back and forth, but I I feel like that's it. You have all written down Tide. Unfortunately, it is not Tide. It is Whisk. Whisk. Oh, wow. Yeah, Whisk. Is that even around anymore? So, you know, it's funny. Whisk is not, maybe it's not funny, but no, they are not around anymore. (laughs) They were discontinued about (laughs) five or six years ago. And and now nobody cares about Ring Around the Collar anymore. Now nobody cares about Ring Around the Collar. Right, they went away. But you guys here, uh, last question. We got a chance to make up some points here. This, I think, is still everybody's game on the table, including Chris's 1120th of a point. Um... Okay. Last question. So you, uh, we have now discussed Tide and Whisk. Uh, it is, of course, maybe not a coincidence that so many laundry detergents are single-syllable names. Mm-hmm. I want you to write down as many <laughs> single-syllable name laundry detergents as you can, Ooh. and I will give you one point for each. All okay. right? Get ready. Go! I've tried to assemble what I think is a fairly comprehensive list. Okay. 
we can go to the internet if needed to settle any disputes. This is American, I assume. Uh, yeah, American. But hey, you know what? If you, you know, well, maybe maybe you can convince me. But yeah, we're 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 thinking American, English speaking, perhaps at least one syllable. If you can think of a multiple word with one syllable, that'd be very impressive. Ah. All right, time is time is up. I gotta call it. Should have at least two. All right, who wants to go first? I'll go first. I'll go okay, first. Chris, okay, Chris. All right. All right. Tide. Yep. Whisk. Yep. <laughs> all. Yes. Gain. Yes. Cheer. Yep. And uh, Drift, the baby shampoo. I will the give ba- you baby Drift. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Drift, the. Uh, Not baby the, shampoo. Not baby yeah, shampoo. Yeah, the detergent. Baby a detergent. line of products. That's right. The yeah. first synthetic detergent I read, uh, Drift. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, Chris coming in with six there. Dana, Carrie, are you, you writing? <laughs> I see I'm pen cross- on paper. I'm crossing it out because they're oh. fake names. Yeah. So I had four. <laughs> I had four of Chris's, and I also had bounce. Ooh, it Ooh. is laundry product. Uh, yeah, but it's it's a it's a fabric softener. I I, I I'm not. Wait, but that's I'm what not you sure put I can in the laundry you, I'm not sure machine. I can give you bounce. I'm not sure I can give you bounce. But, but you put uh, it in the washer. She's bad now. <laughs> <laughs> Four for Dana? No, and then I also put bright. I made it up, but maybe it's something. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I was crossing. I was like, I don't think these are right. I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a point uh, and then a, a bubble uh, just for the uh, spirit. Oh, okay. It better and have can, a, okay. a little like light reflection. Yeah, right. mm-hmm, it does. Yeah, yeah okay. that's right. little window. Right. Karen, um, what do you got? Uh, tide whisk, all mm-hmm. gain. Um, I also put in clear, <laughs> clean, mm-hmm. fresh, mm-hmm. and bare. Okay, just into the making uh, stuff up around here. All right, what well, ended up being very one. ended up being very close here. Uh, by my tally, <laughs> by my tally, we've got Chris Kohler with ten points, Dana with one, two, three, seven point bubble points, Karen with nine. So Chris. Coming in at the end, being able to name those single syllables. Mm. Here's the list I was able to yeah, assemble yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, okay. of, of generally available or recently um, <laughs> or until recently available in the English speaking world. Uh, we have all, we got biz, we got yes. bold, uh, bold, I guess, uh, primarily the UK, but you can't get it here. We got cheer. We've oh, got cheer. Uh, dre- drift, as Chris mm-hmm. noted. We got fab. We got fab. gain. We've got uh, sun. We've got mm-hmm. surf. Uh, another one that oh. is uh, UK based, okay. also available here. Tide, of course. Whisk, of course. Uh, rest in peace. And uh, win. Which is one of the okay. uh, the newer ones on the market. I feel I feel pretty good okay. about this. I feel pretty okay. good about what about the, the ones bear that I didn't one? get. I, I basically haven't heard of. Oh, the there's a teddy bear one. Snuggle. Oh, snuggle. That's mm. two syllables. All right, all right. Well, we went deep on cleaning. You guys uh, did pretty good. Pretty good. Keep it clean. It's so Colin to to give you eleven. I like that. Joke. Twenty. That was a good one. <laughs> no, it's a good joke. It's a good joke. He won't yeah. give you partial points, but he'll give you when it's mathematically yeah. accurate. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Hi, my name's Avalon. Did you know that pandas poop a hundred times a day? You're listening to Good Job Brain. Bye. And we're back. This week we're talking about things that are dirty. 
All right, well, you're all listening to Good Job Brain, and that means that you want to know things. You have a curiosity about the the world around you or the universe possibly around you. And a lot of times we always hear people say, oh, you know, I knew that because of Good Job Brain. And okay, well, here's here's something. Here's a Good Job Brain Ooh. heads up for you all. You you listen to Good Job Brain, and now you know this, okay? So you uh, now you know uh, aliens may crash land on Earth in the year 2033. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that they definitely will. I'm not I'm not saying it's even likely, but it is possible. I'm just sharing this because I found this out and now I have to live with the burden of this knowledge for the next decade plus and I have to pass it on to all of you. Again, I became burdened with this this heavy knowledge that aliens may crash land on Earth in the year 2033 because of this show. I went to Google because I was like, "Oh, we're doing something on dirty dirt soil what's the rarest most expensive dirt oh you could oh. think of what's the most you know i'm thinking that like there'd be some soil somewhere that's so rich and yeah, so yeah, perfect yeah. that mm. people will pay a lot of money for it well all of the google results for most expensive dirt that i that i saw initially were totally destroyed by people talking about the idea of mars dirt dirt from Mars hmm. being potentially not only the most expensive dirt in the world, yeah. but the most expensive thing in the world, as far as the amount of money you would have to spend to get it. Huh. That if we ever were to obtain a soil sample from Mars, it will, it will be by far the most expensive dirt, a handful of Mars dirt. It would cost $9 billion. <laughs> oh, I to- see I to be to able to just right. just to procure right. it, just to get it. So yeah, let's let's talk about Mars Mars dirt. <laughs> um, the idea of getting dirt from Mars has been something that scientists have been very interested in for a long time. We learned a lot about the moon when they went and got moon dirt and brought that back. And so now we have very sophisticated equipment. So even the the samples that they brought back because they went to the moon in the 60s, like we can now analyze that to a better degree than they could in the 60s and learn Mm. even more about um, the moon. Uh, And so now we we can learn a lot about Mars by getting a Mars sample as well. Like, was there ever life on Mars? You know, like uh, if so, how long ago was it? Was there ever water on Mars? If so, how long ago was it? Uh, is there still water somewhere potentially? Like oh, by analyzing the, the soil sample, we could really answer a great deal of questions that we don't have the answer to right now. So basically, like getting the Mars dirt isn't like, oh, we got some Mars dirt. Let's put it in a museum and look at it. Like it's a big deal in terms of knowledge. So everybody agrees we want it. The problem is getting it. In 2012, we got like the next best thing to actually having Mars dirt, which is the the Curiosity rover when yeah. that landed on Mars. Yeah. That was outfitted with a variety of features that could, uh, like, it has a laser that it can use to like vaporize a sample of rock Whoa! and then pick it up, pull it inside itself, and then run remote scientific analysis on it, including like X-ray, like and like yeah. like spectral analysis. So. so cool. The Curiosity remotely analyzed in 2012 the components of Mars soil. And so now you can actually buy, because they've made this, simulated Mars dirt, uh-huh. which is the same um, you know, grouping of minerals that they that the Curiosity found. But that's not that's very useful, but it's not the real thing, right? Right. So <laughs> The Mar- Mars lawyers won't let you sell it as Mars dirt. You have to sell right. it as Mars style dirt. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. made, dirt made famous by Mars. Yeah. It has to be spelled with a Y instead of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> dirt. A poor substitute. A poor substitute yeah, for yeah. the real thing. Here's the interesting thing. I didn't even know this. We are now two years into a joint mission between NASA and the ESA, the European Space Agency, uh, to bring back. Uh, Mars soil. We have the Perseverance rover, right? That was launched in uh, on July 30th, 2020. Mm-hmm. It landed on Mars in February 21 successfully. And currently, in addition to all the other stuff that it's doing over there, um, it is collecting up samples and it's storing them. And it's collecting like, you know, it's coring rock and collecting samples of that. It's, it's collecting dirt samples. Yeah. Uh, it's collecting uh, like atmosphere, like 
Um, it's called like witness samples, like what's what's in the atmosphere right now. Oh, so yeah. she's like grabbing some air so it can study the particles that are in there. And it's storing them up and it's doing it. It's collecting samples in what scientists believe is a dried up lake bed oh. where there used to be water. I mean, maybe like billions of years ago, but like the, the figure, they figure that the dried up lake bed has like the highest potential of finding not only water or like, you know, some evidence of where water might be, but also evidence of life. Even if that life died out billions of years ago, the dried up lake bed might have the evidence. So there's actually going to be now three more missions over the next decade plus to get the samples back. I'm going to skip over a lot of details. Um, But basically in 2028, by 2028, there will be multiple vehicles in or around Mars ready for the essentially the return oh, mission. The handoff. Mm. So they're gonna there there's gonna be another rover that they're gonna send that's gonna go retrieve the samples off of Perseverance because Whoa. it's possible Perseverance may have shut down by then. Yeah, they need yeah, another yeah. rover to go get the stuff. As a backup, Perseverance, if it's still working, could deliver the samples by itself. But the whole thing is here they're not taking any chances whatsoever. Um yeah. So then another vehicle that's going to get sent there with the fetch rover is the MAV or Mars Ascent Vehicle, which is going to be the vehicle that they're going to be able to remotely control to actually blast itself off and achieve orbit. Awesome. From the surface of Mars. No, nope. Because all it can do, all this thing can do, it's going to be, it's going to be able, fingers crossed, and also it can't just take off. It's going to, it's going to like bounce itself into the air first and then take off. Uh-huh. Make sure that it clears the ground before uh-huh. the actual launch so that it doesn't. Yeah. Cause if this thing fizzles and falls over, like that's it, you know? Right. Um, right. And so then it's going to get into orbit and the Mars ascent vehicle is now just going to be orbiting around Mars. And, and then it's going to release the sample container into orbit. And so now the samples are just going to be floating around Mars, and they're going to then they're going to have up there the Earth return orbiter. Oh my god! (laughs) Which there is, I saw. I mean, I just I saw this um, computer simulation of what it's going to be, and like the Earth return orbiter is kind of like orbiting Mars this way, and the sample is coming from the other (laughs) side, and the Earth return orbiter just opens up a little hole, and the sample just goes (laughs) like just floats in the hole, (laughs) and it's like. Of course. Oh, sure. (laughs) Sure it will. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to involve like these like three vehicles. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to eject the sample in space. It's the other one's going to pick it up. And then the earth return orbiter is going to, then it's going to blast itself a little bit to change its orbit, put itself into a path where it's going to kind of then be in an orbit. That's going to carry it back to earth. And then in, the year 2033, once all this is done, it's going to crash land 80 miles south of Salt Lake City wow. in the Utah Desert. Wow. And like, that's the plan. How, like, I'm picturing like a football size amount of like dirt. Like, how much dirt is it bringing back? Like, it is bringing back maybe 20 little vials. Like, if you imagine just like a vial. and dirt. Okay. And- okay. Yep. And it's going to, it, they're all going to be in a very, a very like protective, you know, covering because they actually, um, they don't want to have a parachute failure be the end of this whole thing. So mm-hmm. it's going to be in a uh, container that can simply crash land. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's going to protect all the, imagine having to protect these tiny vials in something that's literally like a meteor falling <laughs> under, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like and that so physics it, experiment with the egg. Yep. Yep, but that, this is like that, NASA nine level billion dollars. egg thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 The scale is so big. For for yep. me, it wasn't an egg. For for the one I did was a taco shell. Oh, oh wait, I did one with a light bulb. I did one with a light bulb. Yeah, right. I had to see how far we could drop a light bulb. And it's yeah. like they could they could yeah. try to do this faster, but they they're just giving themselves oh. as much. They're just giving themselves a nice big padded window to make sure this is perfect. So this brings us back to the aliens crash landing on Earth because it's like. We've done analysis of what's in there remotely on the on the Curiosity rover, but it's like, might there be microscopic oh. life forms in there? Like we don't know. Like we don't know. It's it's very unlikely at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. means you know people are not like super concerned about this, but like 
when this thing comes in, they are absolutely they are treating it like a potential huge biohazard. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Until they can be sure that it's not. And in fact, even just to make sure that the outside of the containers, like the outside of the vials, don't bring anything from Mars. They want to make sure the insides yeah. are Mars and the outsides are not. They're super clean, right? <laughs> this is why I mean, learning about this, it's like, oh right, when they send when they send the Curiosity rover or whatever to Mars, it's like. You've heard of like clean rooms. It's like mm -hmm. clean rooms within clean rooms because mm -hmm. they are just literally just like cleaning this thing and cleaning it and cleaning it and cleaning it, and making sure everything is totally spotless. Because if you take this thing and it's got all earth bacteria all over it mm. and you send it to Mars and the bacteria well, are on Mars. We're the like, alien. Well, now yeah. we're the, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. And then you come back and it's like, oh, there is life on Mars. It's like, no, there's not. We just sent it there. It's like there is now. So, yes, I'm exaggerating here the threat to uh, human existence. It's exceedingly unlikely that life is going to hitch a ride, but they, they have to be absolutely sure. Yeah. But, yeah, so if everything goes well, I mean, if all of these if all of these things actually work and everything is fine, we could have a handful of, not even a handful, like several vials of Mars dirt uh, for the low cost. Well, you know. <laughs> I'll say this. It's it's not it's this is not my observation. I saw somebody make this observation in a YouTube comment, but it's like the dirt is zero dollars, but the shipping and handling. That's how they get you. So we exactly that's that's always that's always that's how that's how they get you in eleven short years from now. All right, I have a quiz for you all. It's called Dirty Movies and. I want you to note that dirty is in quotes. You maybe uh, forget my okay. voice. Okay. <laughs> because all, right. all the movie titles include yeah, the words don't dirty. Freak out. Yeah, this is a family show. Uh, so dirty is in quotes. And I'm going to give you the year and I'm going to read you the IMDb plot synopsis. All right. And you buzz in and tell me the name of the dirty movie. Okay. Okay. All right. First movie. This is 1987. Spending the summer at, at a Catskills resort with her family, Frances Baby Hausman <laughs> falls in love with the camp's dance instructor, Johnny Castle. Johnny Castle. <laughs> uh, uh, everybody. Dirty, dirty, dirty dancing. dancing. Starring Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey. Yeah, and hey, let's not downsell our man Jerry Orbach here either. Yes, I mean, yes. Come on. Yeah. Next movie, 1971. When a madman calling himself the Scorpio Killer menaces the city, tough as nails, San Francisco police inspector Harry Callahan is assigned to track down and ferret out the crazed psychopath. <laughs> I heard a horse first. Colin? Uh, that is uh, Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry, starring Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, yeah, that's right. 2016 movie. Right before his wedding, an uptight guy is tricked into driving his grandfather, a lecherous former army lieutenant colonel, to Florida for spring break. Oh, oh. Colin. Is this a dirty grandpa? Is that dirty what it is? Dirty grandpa. Oh, yes. I didn't see this one. I didn't. This Zac, was Zach Efron. Zach Efron, Zac Efron. Right? Who's the okay. grandpa? Do you Robert, Robert, Robert De Niro? It was is. it De Niro? Bobby D. Okay. 1988, two con men try to settle their rivalry by betting on who can swindle a young American heiress out of $50,000 first. Karen. Dirty, rotten scoundrels uh, starring Michael Caine. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Like two thirds of every movie released in the Michael, 80s. Michael Caine. <laughs> can you think of, do you know who the other person is? Steve Martin. This is a 1967 dirty movie. During World War II, a rebellious U.S. Army major is assigned a dozen convicted murderers to train and lead them into a mass assassination mission of German officers. Karen. The Dirty Dozen? Yes. Yeah! Oh! Yes. Do you know any of the people in that? Nope. It's Lee Marvin <laughs> and Ernest Borgnine. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. 2004. High school senior Katie moves to Havana in November 1958 when her dad gets a promotion at Ford. She meets a local waiter who introduces her to sensual Cuban music and dance. They enter a big dance contest for the prize when he gets fired. <laughs> I heard a rooster, Chris. 
Dirty Dancing 2, Havana Nights. Yo, darn it! Oh, okay. How do you know? Man. I, I've just, well, I knew there was a Dirty Dancing 2, and then I, you said Cuba. I'm like, okay, I've heard this before. <laughs> All right. It is actually not called Dirty Dancing 2. Uh, oh. oh. <gasps> uh, Karen, is it Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. That's right. Dirty oh, Dancing. No, no, no. They want you to feel like you can watch them in either order, you know. Oh. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. I mean, 58, it might be a prequel or, oh, or you know, right. not really a prequel, <laughs> but, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. Do you know any of the people in this movie? I oh. can't say that I do, but Absolutely if you say the not. name, maybe I'll ring. Okay. Phone. Diego Luna. Oh, yes. Oh, he was really? Yes. Y tu mama yes. tambien. Yeah. Y tu mama tambien. Yeah. And uh, wow, all right, this is a 2002 movie. Irregular migrants, Akwe and Sine, work at a posh London hotel and live in constant fear of deportation. One night, Okwe stumbles across evidence of a bizarre murder, setting off a series of events that could lead to disaster or freedom. Starring two big actors, I'm just gonna make a guess mm -hmm. Dirty Money. Oh. No, that is the movie, but that's not this movie. Mm. Mm -hmm. Chris. Dirty Work. No, that is also a movie, but not, <laughs> this, one. not this one. It's tricky. This is one, this is the hardest one in this okay. quiz. Dirty Pretty Things with oh. Chiwetel, Ejiofor, and Audrey Tatao. Uh, yeah, I never saw that one. Definitely yeah. heard of it. Okay, this is the last one. This is a dirty TV show. Okay. Mm. 2018 TV series. Um, it's an anthology series in which each season is based on a true crime story featuring an epic tale of love gone wrong. Hmm. Karen. Oh, Karen. Dirty money. No. What? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Okay, Karen. I have to press the play button. Yes. <laughs> Dirty John. Yes, Dirty John. Yeah. Oh. It's starring Connie Britton and Christian Slater. Oh. I mean, there's a new one. There's one with Amanda Peet. Good job, you guys. That was the most dirty, that was good. dirty movies. They had a remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, didn't they? Yeah. With, like they did like a, a gender mm -hmm. flip version, right? Yep, it yep, was yep, like, yep. yeah. I wonder if they wanted more than $50,000 in the remake. <laughs> hey, Matt. Did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope. Never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil. Did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here, too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus... Tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's triviality. So I have our last segment, but this is not part of my segment. I just This is another like weird, dirty job that I found. This is egg addling. Egg addling. Have you guys heard okay. about this before? You're just making these up. No, man. no, I I know. It sounds like, like a cherry like blowing. Eggs. Shaking <laughs> eggs. It's where you stuff the eggs in your pants to keep them warm. And it's, you know, the clean over the eggs. You're uh not that far off. What an egg addler does is helps limit goose population. Huh. You know, when I say control the population, they're they're pretty much making sure that the egg doesn't hatch or they don't want mm. the egg to hatch into more mm. wild geese. So definitely more humane than, than just straight up killing geese. So egg addling, someone will come, wade in the water, and they dip the eggs in oil. The oil will stop oxygen from passing through the oh. shell. So the egg will never... Mm. Being a chick. Being yeah, yeah, being a gosling because there's never going to be oxygen in the beginning for it to happen. It just stops. it's not that it's too slippery for her to sit on it anymore. Oh, no, yeah, no, yeah. No, yeah. Okay. She immediately flies <laughs> off the eggs. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
they just use corn oil and they dip the, the eggs in corn oil and it'll mm. stop it from uh, wow. you know, and they and they they leave it in the nest so the mama goose doesn't freak out like where's my egg right yes. it's yes. wow or reject other eggs it's probably not yeah. a clean job yeah. no definitely not no. i mean a lot of poop <laughs> geese poop, poop so feathers. much oh yeah they do geese poop a lot, a lot. yeah a and lot. it can be so aggressive too yeah yeah you can't make eye contact with them because they, they're gonna either because they see through your soul no no because they like look at you and if they think you're like threatening them they hiss and they get big and then they chase you you're like yeah i didn't ask for this so my segment it's interesting that both of us kind of went into space for for our segment and i'm gonna talk about moon dust Oh. Getting mm-hmm. dirty on the moon. Sounds like Ooh. something from the 70s. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Moon dust, uh, or, you know, I guess the formal name is lunar soil. So what does it feel like? Mm. What do you think moon dust feels like? Ooh. Tell? We, uh, we took my our, our daughter, who's four, to, uh, to the Chabot, like, you know, Space and Science Museum. And they had a little bin of what they described as simulated moon dirt. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, I I yeah, right. I yeah. was very curious and you know it felt almost like um like like magic sand kind of like almost like oh. not like play-doh but it had like a really viscous quality to it like you could kind of like sculpt it and mold it. It was really not at all what I expected if huh. it's anywhere close to what actual moon dust oh. is like. It was it was it was not what I expected. So Chris mentioned that on Earth we have lunar soil. Mm-hmm. We have that. It, it's somewhere in NASA. We actually have a lot of it. So it's not like in little <laughs> yeah. files. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of lunar uh, dirt that people have brought back. It has some super, super strange qualities. You know, what? what is lunar dirt? It's formed when meteoroids crash on the moon's surface, heating, pulverizing rocks. Uh, there is no water on moon. And so it's very dry, but there's also no wind or water movement. There's no movement to tumble the moon dust. So it's almost like as if they've never been disturbed. So the particle, the most signature characteristic of moon dust, the edges are really, really jagged on a very small scale. And annoyingly, they cling to everything. Because it's so, it's almost like a like a oh. mini burr or a mini like Velcro ah. because it's so rough. Astronauts describe it as invasive. It is so <laughs> annoying and it's so clingy. It's the glitter of the sky. It oh is the it is the glitter of space. <laughs> yeah. It clings to spacesuits. It can eat away layers of moon boots as they're walking on the wow. moon. Imagine when it comes into contact with humans. Mm. or into humans so famously jack schmidt who is an apollo 17 astronaut he actually had a reaction he took you know he on on the space shuttle he took off his helmet after you know a stroll on the moon and he started having like allergies his throat was like kind of congested his eyes were itchy oh no i guess people didn't really think about (laughs) because they're like they're no creatures yeah so we must be safe so astronauts also have smelled and tasted moon dust. Oh. <laughs> the human the human impulse to taste something yeah, new. I, I know, I know. Yeah. You guys, don't put this in your mouth. And well, what does it taste like? What does it smell like? Is it just putting sand in your mouth? You're like, but pointier. <laughs> yeah, pointy right, to cut up right. your tongue. It smells like and it tastes like gunpowder. Huh. Why did you put that in your mouth? Moon dust and gunpowder they don't share any similar chemical makeup or properties. So uh-huh. it has been a long mystery for NASA as to why when astronauts in their space shuttle smell moon dust, they smell gunpowder. It's as if someone fired a gun. Huh. And on Earth, it doesn't smell like anything. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. It, only, it only smells like that in space or within the space shuttle when they're kind of freshly stepped off the moon. But like huh. when they bring it back, it doesn't smell like anything. Mm. Yeah, so they have a couple of theories. It could be oxidation. The smell dis- dissipates. 
They weren't vacuum sealing the dust to come back. Like they, they just opened it in the space shuttle. Like it gets everywhere, glitter, and then they like eat it. And you're like, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? So obviously they did put in the effort of transporting the dust back. I said earlier, this stuff is so abrasive. They broke the vacuum seal. Because oh. this stuff is so rough that it's not a true vacuum. Huh. It's crazy. Mm. For every mission, every mission that they brought back, there's always a problem with like okay. really containing the moon dust. So it could be because of that, that like the moisture of our planet and also oxidation kind of just like neutralized or got mm. rid of the odor. Mm. Some theorize it might be solar winds. Too many weird mysteries around this stuff. I want to see, yeah, what other things yeah. smell different, you know, in space versus on Earth. So currently no one knows. We we literally don't know why it smells like gunpowder. Wow. I picture that, you know, just a dude with a shovel, you know, in like the early yeah. moon missions. Maybe, I don't know, maybe technology is helping us here. I think they figured it out by now, yeah. So yes, a NASA mystery. Also, smelling moon dust is very dangerous because it, it will rip your, rip your, rip your insides. Yeah, yeah. Right. So don't do it. So don't do it. Don't play with it. Don't, don't touch it. it. Don't guys. eat it. The simulated moon dust at the Children's Science Museum. Yeah, yeah, probably so. I would just stop there. Yeah, <laughs> but you definitely. I look. I, I would feel safer eating real moon dust than the moon dust from the Children's Science Center bin. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ew. 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 Wow, moon dust smells a lot like boogers. Urine. <laughs> <laughs> Children's. <laughs> it's very sticky. <laughs> Yeah, so you're like it's viscous, and I was like, I don't know yeah. if. Oh, that's, that's grape soda, Colin. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, listeners, last week I presented you a challenge, a Wordle challenge. I'm trying to my attempt to make a Wordle-based puzzle, uh, but in audio format. And I have the same challenge for you for a different word this week. What this is is pretend that there is a person who's playing Wordle. And all you see is their screen and you see that they've attempted to guess at the, the Wordle secret word uh, five times and you have their list of words. And so can you use this information and work backwards to figure out what the correct answer is? Now, this person is a pretty casual Wordle player, meaning they're not going to bank or bench letters. They will never repeat wrong letters. Um, if they get a letter right, they will always use it in their next guess. If they get the letter right and in the right place, they will always keep that letter there. So I think a lot of you guys had fun uh, last week solving this puzzle. I have another one for you. I'm going to give you five words in order. Here we go. Word number one, night, N-I-G-H-T. Second word is 40, F-O-R-T-Y. The third word is stump, S-T-U-M-P, stump. Number four, acted, A-C-T-E-D. And the last word is tweak, T-W-E-A-K. So a little bit of a solving aid. For example, the first two words are night and 40. With these two guesses, you probably can figure out that this person probably had T right, but in the wrong position yeah. in night um, because they repeated T in the second guess in 40, but with T's in a different position now. It's in the fourth position. So is the kind of the logic that you might need to backwards solve this. Yeah. They're really hunting for that T's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're shopping around. Yeah. They're like, is it here? Is it here? Is it here? <laughs> yeah. If you figured out the word. You can head over to our website, goodjobbrain.com, and you'll see a, a Wordle puzzle section, and you can put your answer there. Good luck. And that's our show. Thank you guys for joining me, and thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Uh, as you can tell, my, my voice is starting to, to, to go away. <clears throat> that means we had a good time. Yeah. Well spent. <laughs> we had a good time. Hope you guys learned a lot of stuff about Mars dirt and moon dirt, cleaning products to fix your dirty problems, and dirty movies. Dirty titled. 
movies. <laughs> you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on all podcast apps and on our website, goodjobbrain.com. This podcast is part of Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other shows like Food with Mark Bittman, Infamous America, Subtext, and Food with Mark Bittman. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. 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 Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.